1: This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Happy birthday to Grandma! Happy birthday to Grandma! Happy birthday to Grandma! Happy birthday to you! Good evening, fine gentles, and welcome to another edition of Dice Tradecast Cast on viz Radio. Brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire Visa indeed and bet online. Week 2, it's in the books. And uh it, it, I mean, I sang in the Arms of an Angel last week for the death of Baker Mayfield's career. It should be in the Arms of an Angel cuz everyone's hurt, Dan.
2: At this point, we just need to get Sarah McLaughlin to come on and sing the song. It's gotten that serious. What is going on? I mean, I get there was no preseason, no camp, no anything, but it's starting at an alarming rate. And maybe maybe it's just because it's all big names finally getting hurt for like the first time ever, or maybe it's guys aren't going for people's heads anymore. I don't know what this is, but... It's starting to get scary a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, this is certainly going... I mean, we thought this would be the season of depth and dynasty because of COVID, people getting COVID, people getting exposed to COVID, therefore not playing. Nope. This is the season of injuries due to a lack of preseason, due to an emphasis on head injuries, all those things. Uh, Obviously, we're not scientists here to break that down for you. We're here to break down the injuries and how they impact dynasty values. So, uh, we'll start off with, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's from Stanford. I'm not sure if you've heard of this gentleman. Uh, he catches footballs occasionally, uh, runs football too in the Panthers offense. The Panthers, um, bad, bad football team, not good. Um, but McCaffrey is good. And he was exploding even with how bad that team is, but he is out projected four to six weeks and, uh, Friend of the podcast, Mike Davis is back in action. Uh, he and surprisingly, I was looking up his scoring line. And I, I saw he had a few points, and his scoring line actually—he took the Christian McCaffrey role. He had eight catches. That's right, eight catches and limited work as the Christian McCaffrey replacement. I do think that from the dynasty sphere, we're all kind of hoping that Curtis Samuel takes some of the Christian McCaffrey work during this you know month, month and a half off. But Mike Davis. Get him off your waiver wire before I have to eat dog poop again.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, at what point are we making another Mike Davis bet? Uh, but there's nothing else on the roster, you know. They, I mean, they're they, they're,
1: they're gonna pick Bonifan back up.
2: Yeah, no, and, and I mean, he that would be the role that that he would play it would essentially be his backup role, which was last year. But uh, I do see Curtis Samuel getting a, a significant number of these touches. That was his role at Ohio State. You know, he, he was just kind of the Swiss Army knife and could do everything, and and we did see him get a few carries on on Sunday, so we know that that's there. I would like to see him get more of the work through the air, though. Uh, although it was kind of nice getting DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson eight and nine catches, um, I, I still think they need to keep Curtis Samuel involved with Christian McCaffrey out because it's not a huge step back as far as like a playmaker goes in space from McCaffrey to Curtis Samuel, obviously the big difference between those two is between the tackles. So I think you get Curtis Samuel involved more uh, through the air and in space. And, uh, you know, the offense probably isn't going to fall too far behind through the air, but they're really going to miss Christian McCaffrey uh, between the tackles. So as far as dynasty goes, it's not really affecting Christian McCaffrey for this six, maybe you know four, six, whatever, maybe weeks. Uh, I I think we will see an incline in guys like Robbie Anderson, who has been. I think he's the wide receiver one overall in in fantasy right now, which is kind of crazy to say, but with the injuries and with kind of randomness happening, Robbie Anderson is your is your wide receiver one. So I, I think. We'll see some values increase for guys like Robbie Anderson. I do think we see Curtis Samuels value rise in the next month, getting some of that c uh, work. And uh, hopefully we get a little bit of Mike Davis relevancy so I can make a bet with Nathan, and then Nathan gets to eat a nice crusty one on air.
1: Yeah, I agree that Christian McCaffrey uh... – Obviously, dynasty value doesn't get hurt much in a 4-16 to span. I think that we can talk about Saquon Barkley's being affected a little bit, but even that, these young running backs that have plenty of left in the tank and are going to be RB1s for the foreseeable future, these usually aren't that much of a concern. So, yeah, I I think it's a slight opportunity for Curtis Samuel, but I do think that from a pessimistic point of view, I think it's just going to end up being Mike Davis benefiting from the role and Samuel continuing to be just okay.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think they just need to get Curtis Samuel more involved through the air. I think getting, getting him the ball in space where he thrives is something that they just haven't done consistently yet. And once they get there, I think the offense will be a little bit more dynamic, especially when Chris McCaffrey does return, because now you've got so many weapons for, for Teddy Bridgewater and so many guys to try to keep track of that your passing game should be pretty much untouchable and it should really actually open things up for the run.
0: 2020 rv radio at checkout for 10 percent off you can even extend your subscription oh and one more thing if you haven't ever done it please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on apple Podcasts. it's really easy it only takes like 10-15 seconds just do it we'd love to hear your feedback now back to the
3: show all
1: right, let's move on to the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley is out for the season. Dion Lewis is the RB two for New York. Um, rumblings of possibly Devonta Freeman visiting there this week. I, uh, I, I just think this Giants offense is going to be very bad. <laughs> I, I think Daniel Jones cannot support an offense without Saquon Barkley, and I, I like, it's one of those things that I, I still like Ingram and. In, in, you know, Tate's going to get some nice volume and Shepard, if he's healthy, is going to be okay. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a bad offense. And I I don't think that it's an offense that I'm going to be wanting players from. Now, if you're talking like deep lineups, you know, 10, 11 starters, you know, I'm fine throwing Deion Lewis in there until they, you know, sign a veteran or something like that. But I mean, at this stage, it, the Giants are an avoid as much as possible.
2: Yeah, the Giants, yeah, they're just, a, it's a they're a dumpster fire. Honestly, it's, They've been a dumpster fire. They'll continue to be a dumpster fire. Um, I, I remember a pre-draft process in 2018 chatting with some, I think it might've been TJ Calkins, about once Saquon did actually go to New York, that it was kind of like the worst scenario possible of him going to New York because that offense was a dumpster fire then, it continues to be. And yeah, we've seen, uh, we saw a 2,000-yard all-purpose season from Saquon as a rookie. But even then, I felt like we could have gotten more. Uh, that, that year was impressive, no, nonetheless. But Saquon's so talented that it never really should be a question as to, you know, as he, can he do it this year? Should he be the top three pick that everyone thinks he is? New York's really holding him back. And obviously with the injuries now, he had one last year, missed a couple of games. This again now this year, I, I, I want to say it doesn't affect his value, but he's now shown us back-to-back seasons that he, he isn't going to stay on the field for a full season. So I, I struggle with Saquon because he is so dynamic and he's so freaking good, but man are the Giants bad. That offense is atrocious. They bring in the clapper to try to renovate the offense and it gets worse. Daniel Jones is garbage. You know, Darius Slayton is probably, and Evan Ingram, aside from Saquon Barkley, are probably the real bright spots. Sterling Shepard is just a solid NFL player. He's never going to be a fantasy superstar, but he's he's going to be that guy that's just going to do enough to be relevant. Uh, for eternally, my love. I'm never going to give up on Sterling Shepard, but he's not, he's not a game changer. So I feel like... It's not the best idea to sell Saquon right now, but also he's going to still carry top five value and I might be okay taking it right now just just to not deal with Saquon and the Giants.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not a terrible move, but at the end of the day, like his value is still going to be there. In August, and mm-hmm. I guess that's that might even be a, an argument for selling him now and just rebuying him in August. Like, he's not going to sure. be more expensive in August. And if you can get some pieces that can help contribute right now, and I know it's rare for you to be able to trade away a player and then buy that player back from the same person, but you get I'm, what I'm saying. You know, sell in one league, buy in another. And I, I I think this is a rare occurrence where the the value isn't changing much. I mean, I, I I've seen some polls that are like, okay, where is Saquon going to be ranked? in March ADP, and it's like, oh, he's going to be ranked, like, RB4. And it's like, right. where, did you ha- where did you have him before this? RB2? Like, what's the difference between RB2 and RB4? So uh, I, I'm fine, like, putting out fewer to, to buy, especially if I'm not winning, looking to w- win this year. But if you are looking to win this year, it's not a terrible move to sell for win-now production and then try and r- buy it back later because I don't think the price is going to change much.
2: Here's the question. All all things being, you know, you know, the same whatever, do we do we sell Saquon for a top RB plus something or do you sell him one for one for a top wide receiver?
1: Uh I mean, for me when I'm selling the Saquons, I'm mostly looking for like multiple pieces. Um uh, but I mean if I can go I mean I'm trying to think of who like who are the top receivers right now. I mean I would be I'd be targeting guys like Terry McLaurin plus a nice piece, uh, DJ Moore plus a nice piece, uh, DK Metcalf you probably you probably can't get much of a nice piece. Go, on top. Uh,
2: I would take DK straight up honestly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's a terrible move with how well him and Russell Wilson are both playing right now. I should have put them on the on the sheet, but I did not. I'm we sure can, we, can, spe- we can swap
2: them in instead of this garbage topic. That, no,
1: right? I mean, no, that's Harbin. That's, that's actually a topic <laughs> that needs to be discussed. It is, it is, or at least it should be Justin Herbert season. Uh, Tyrod Taylor or Tyrod Taylor had some sort of phantom chest injury that has him out you know, week two, possibly out longer than that. And Justin Herbert gets the start. Now the, the quote from Anthony Lynn is the sound of a man who doesn't know how to talk. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn basically said that his franchise quarterback isn't any good. Uh, he's a backup because he's a backup. Um, meanwhile, Tyrod Taylor has never been anything but a backup in his career outside like one or two years in Buffalo. And I just don't get it. I, I'm on the record on this podcast of saying that if you have a rookie quarterback, you start them assuming health. And I, I don't like the the Chargers. One week one, they lost week two, and that's a stupid and coach star. They see, oh, Tyrod Taylor won, Her- Herbert lost, therefore Taylor is better than Herbert right now. Wrong. Justin Herbert played three times better than Tyrod Taylor in week one, and he did it did so against better competition. So. I I mean like if there's someone who is not super high on Herbert after that first week, I I'm putting out feelers uh, because he's going to have that job sooner than later, and if it's not week three, that, that provides a buying opportunity.
2: Hashtag QB wins season. Anthony Lynn said that just to make sure he can go either direction if he needs to. Assuming assuming tarad or tarad, uh, is healthy. You know, he can go back to him if he wants, or he can just say that he's not healthy and stick with Herbert. So uh, I I think it's very clearly Herbert's, Herbert's huddle at this point. I don't know how you put Terod Taylor back in there. And I'm, I'm a Terod Taylor lifer. You know, I've, I've been on board since day one, but um, yeah, he's pretty washed. He's, he's most definitely a backup at this point. Justin Herbert, however, is not, he looked pretty darn good. Uh and we could say he outplayed Patrick Mahomes question mark. I mean, the Chargers defense is silly, right? They have the best defense in the league, assuming uh was it Derwin James was injured. Some somebody was hurt. Assuming everyone's healthy on that defense, which talk about bad injury luck, holy hell, they have like a world beater defense. That team could be legit if they stick with Herbert. Now Do they have the pieces on offense to make it? I think so. I think Austin Eckler is okay. He does the job. Josh Kelly's still getting like 25 carries for some odd reason, but you've got pass catchers that can do it. You get the playmaker in Mike Williams. You've got two solid, solid pass catchers in Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. I mean, now is a great time to buy Justin Herbert while the question's still in the air that Anthony Lynn is keeping Terod Taylor afloat just because if he's healthy. He's going to be my guy. No, it's Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah. And, and Herbert was, you know, a late first in most Superflex uh rookie drafts. And if you can trade a first that isn't like locked in top four for Herbert right now, that's, that's a trade I would make, especially with the uncertainty of this, you know, college season and how the NFL draft will shake out uh, Herbert for a first. And I know that not many people are looking to trade Herbert for a first after they just took him in the first, but you really never know. Take, take the, we'll see what's going on if you can if you have to throw on a third it's not the worst move in the world either um but, but yeah oh one one film take uh you know you don't necessarily get a film take from me too often justin herbert and this is not actually a good herbert take uh <laughs> justin herbert takes the longest drops i have ever seen in my entire life he takes a 12-step drop 80 percent of the time i've never seen it so profound but Every time I look at him, like he's like twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage. So when he gets sacked, <laughs> he's going to lose a lot of. Power. There's my take. Here's my fantasy take. Justin Herbert's going to lose significant fantasy points in his career from getting sacked twelve <laughs> yards behind the line of scrimmage.
2: It's very possible, but also the dude's built like a giraffe. So maybe the, maybe it's only like a four step drop, but because his legs are so long, he's taking the extra two in, in distance.
1: There we go. All right. Now it's time to move on to uh, the other Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Rams and their backfield. Daryl Henderson had the best game of his career with 81 yards, 6.75 yards per carry and a touchdown after Cam Akers exited early on with a rib injury. Now this is an offense that we kind of talked about how off season that if one guy can take the reins, if one guy can get the bulk of the work, they will be very fantasy productive, and now Akers is hurt. Now we don't really know the extent of the ribbon injury—if he's going to miss one week, three weeks, or no weeks. But Henderson showed he can be the RB one in Los Angeles. You know, this past week.
2: Yeah, and I think I think we saw probably what we would have expected to see all this time along. I was on board with Daryl Henderson you know, coming in last year, and and it was unfortunate to see that he just really didn't get used. Uh, I think we've all known that Malcolm Brown is just a good player. I, I don't think he's great game changer or any of that, but I think we've we've kind of known he's stuck around long enough um, and just kind of never really been healthy and finally got his shot and and you know he's he's doing enough. And I honestly this might not be the worst thing for Cam Akers. Yes, reps are very, very important, but again, I think he's a project man. He he just he doesn't nothing that he does is crisp. It's It just seems like it's all over the place, and I mean, he, he's an absolute playmaker. I've said it like 19 times in the last three weeks. Absolute playmaker. You want him on the field just to get him in space, but I, I don't see him ever as being a bell cow or as a lead back. I think he works nicely in a committee because he has something that neither Henderson or Malcolm Brown provide, but... He is well behind both of them between the tackles. And I, I think that's pretty evident.
1: Yeah, but I, one thing that I do think that was over-exaggerated week one was the play of one Malcolm Brown. And people were like, oh, Malcolm Brown's now going to be the RB1 ab- above Henderson and Akers. Sure. And I, I mean, I'm, su- I'm sure there's going to be more games where, where Brown, you know, outscores henderson Acres, especially with Akers hurt. But I do think that it's going to be a split with, I think Henderson's going to end up leading the role because teams love their draft capital and they don't want to show that their 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 picks were a mistake. So when Henderson puts a, puts out an 80-yard game like he did with limited carries, he's going to get the carries this coming week with with Ager's hurt. And I think that you know he could do a lot with it. I don't, I don't know who they play this this coming week, but hopefully he can take advantage. I have him on a few rosters, uh, but yeah, that's kind of my take on Henderson. It's not really a buying opportunity because you know he played well. And I don't even think there's a buying opportunity for acres because acres is, is really in truth or territory that the guy who took him is the guy who is highest in your league on him.
2: No doubt. And you know, I think, I think for cam acres, he was one of the guys you could probably chalk up rookie year as just kind of a, a punt year. Um, and you're really looking forward to year two and beyond. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I still think you can probably get Daryl Henderson for a really decent price. It may not be the time to buy because he did finally kind of have a, have a game for once. Um, But there might be some people thinking, Hey, he had his one lucky one. Let's get out. Let's capitalize on whatever we can get. I just feel like McVeigh, after, after having the luxury of having a Todd Gurley for a few years, kind of realized that the team is going to do better with a committee type backfield. Always have fresh legs, always keep the defense guessing, never really, you know succumbing to, to any one player or, or one way they have to play. I know mcVeigh is is you know thought of as one of the brighter minds so I feel like anytime you have as many weapons as you can possibly have at your in your arsenal it's it's better for for those types so um, I would say I'm probably if I am gonna buy anyone it's gonna be Daryl Henderson but if for some reason Cam makers end up ends up missing extended time. Um, then it would be a time to pounce, but even then, like Nathan said, it's probably you're probably going to find yourself in Trutherville. Uh, there may be an occasional owner that that drafted Acres that was only taking best player available, but for the most part, I feel like Akers guys were the the Truthers that were taking him in the top half.
1: And I, I will say, you you can find specific deals. Like if you find the Acres guy who is in win now territory. Float to Antonio Gibson say, "Oh, here's this guy that's now the RB1 in Washington." And and obviously it's even debatable cuz they, they both had similar draft capital Gibson and Acres. I I still prefer Acres, but if you like Acres more than Gibson and the Acres owner or Acres manager is in win now mode, that's that's a a trade you could float.
2: Nathan, you're you're too good at this, man. That's that's an that's honest to god, that's an absolute like perfect move.
1: There we go. You know what else? Perfect move, hooking up with our friends over at
2: Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor the next time you go shopping make the choice to stop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa everywhere you want to be an official partner of the nfl
1: Let's move on to the 49ers backfield. AKA the graveyard. We have (laughs) Raheem Mostert who will miss some time. We have Jer I mean Tevin McColm Tevin McColeman. Tevin (laughs) McColman. We have Tevin Coleman who will miss some time. And we have Jarek McKinnon, who has stayed healthy for approximately seven games in his entire career and is now your RB1 for your San Francisco 49ers for a team who probably won't have Jimmy Garoppolo next week. So it is the Nick Mullins, Jarek McKinnon show in the year 2020 against the New York football giants in New York.
2: I mean, I don't like to hop on the gravy train and uh, toot my own horn or anything, but It's officially Jarek McKinnon season. Boys, let's go. Let's go. We've waited, what, 13, 14 years for this? I am ready, man. feels like it's been decades, and now we finally have it. The true opportunity for the ultimate Swiss Army Knife in the ultimate Swiss Army Knife offense to show us what he's got. Man, he's healthy right now. He has looked good all year in his very, very limited usage I'd be surprised to see Kyle Shanahan run him into the line 12 times or more. Um, but I fully expect him to get the entire workload out of the backfield as a pass catcher. I think, I mean, if anyone's skeptical on on what could come from this or if he's still going for next to nothing, which I highly doubt at this point, uh, I mean, he he could be a league winner. If he can stay healthy, he could legitimately be a league winner. Um, this is something this entire backfield has in common. None of these guys can stay healthy for an extended period last year. It ended up being like Jeffrey Wilson and, and just a, a hodgepodge of guys that led this backfield, but no matter who it was, every single one of them was productive. So now you put a Lamborghini in an offense that knows how to use it. I mean, it's big things coming.
1: All right. Let, let's be realistic. Let's let's come at this from a dynasty lens, Dan. What are you paying for McKinnon? Assuming you have need RB help in this desperate time of injuries.
2: Any second, instantly.
1: Any second.
2: Any second, instantly.
1: Okay. Uh, it would have to be a playoff second for me. I'm not. I'm not going early second quite yet on Jared McKinnon.
2: Nathan, I can say any second instantly because I don't have anything but playoff seconds.
1: Well, that's because you don't trade for future picks. I have like eighteen True. seconds on every team.
2: <laughs> True. See, that's the difference. I like winning, you like punting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go. All right. Jermichael Hasty. That's the other thing with the the Fortnite's backfield. I'm assuming, like I said, but Bonifant's likely gonna get called up to the big club with the Panthers. Jermichael Hasty, who was a preseason or you know, whatever you call it, training camp uh, favorite of the dynasty community. And he might get a shot here, so uh, look at your waiver wires for him, um, especially in your deeper leagues, uh, because he's going to not only is going to get on the roster, but he might get on the roster with an actual opportunity to play, which isn't something you see often. All right, let's go on to the Denver Broncos who have lost their entire roster. Uh, one drew lock um, who was their second best quarterback anyways. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, Cortland Sutton out for the season. So drew lock. I don't think he's out for, the season. He's out, out for, out for a few weeks. Um, Cortland Sutton is out for the season, which makes it Jerry Judy season. And Dan, we say this every single year and every single year we like fight ourselves on it, <laughs> but this just shows you should not care about depth charts when you're doing rookie drafts. Look, looking at Jerry Judy and saying, Oh, well he'll never be a wider receiver one. He's a injury away. And if Judy plays well enough while Sutton's out for the season, Sutton is easily taking that second seat. And, same thing with KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler was free. F R E E. KJ Hamler was free in rookie drafts. Why? Well, he'll never get an opportunity. He's behind Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. Now he's probably the wide
2: receiver two in Denver.
1: And so the opportunity galore for those two. And I'm excited because I like both of them.
2: Well, so the thing about Hamler is just that he's not good, right? He's got hands like feet, explosive as all can be. But yeah, dude, dude couldn't catch a cold. Um, it's still going to be Tim Patrick as your wide receiver too. Obviously it's it sucks big time losing Cortland Sutton. Uh, I still think when he returns next season, it'll be a one, a one B with Jerry Judy. And I think Drew Locke can support them. Uh, I think your big winner here is going to be Noah Fant. Uh, I feel like Locke, uh, even with him being out here for a couple of weeks, um, whoever the quarterback has been, honestly, it's, it's going to be the Noah Fant show. Jerry Judy is still going to get his, but he is a rookie. They're not going to lean on him the way that you would lean on a veteran. Uh, Yes, Noah Fant isn't the oldest player in the league. He's only been around for a season. But I feel like this is his opportunity to really step up, show the NFL he's an elite tight end, and I think officially move his way into the top, dare I say, three tight ends in the league. Um, We've seen a little bit of shuffling at the top. I still think you've got your, your Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, and whatever order. But I think we can fairly put Noah Fant in that conversation and in one of those spots. Uh, He's starting to do it consistently now. I mean, yeah, it's only been a couple of games, but here we are and, and we're looking at what could potentially be our next tight end superstar.
1: Yeah, Fant has looked very good in the first two weeks, looked like a guy who can be a top three tight end. And honestly, like, there's not much argument to have them below tight end three at this point with, with you got Kittle, Kelsey and it's like, who do you really want? Like I used to be an Ingram guy. He hasn't had the hottest start. He's had an okay start from a fantasy perspective, but he's been terrible from a real football perspective. And yeah, I mean, obviously there's other tight ends involved There's Hawkinson who, who had a great week one. Okay. Week two. Um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be the, the fan Hawkinson show that this year, as far as that second tier of tight ends, um, But before we get into some more tight end talk, let's hear from our friends over at Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business, it didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like uh, they have for over three million businesses. That's right, three million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast, not slow, fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. This is their best offer available anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Indeed. Mike Gusecki. We we talked about breakouts and who should be the tight end three. Maybe Mike Gusecki should be the tight end three after he went bananas uh, in week two for the Miami Dolphins. And he is mere weeks away from getting two attacks at quarterback, hopefully. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) has been something (laughs) through two weeks. Um, But Mike Gusecki, He's been, you know, the last couple of years, like, okay, when is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And it appears to be happening because the Dolphins, Preston Williams has not been, one, been what he, he was in his rookie year. Probably he's still recovering from injury. Uh, Devontae Parker um, has been shaken up a little bit, but he still had a decent game in week two. But Gasecki's honestly, Gasecki's the best receiver in that offense. And I, I'm i not even sure it's close. Uh, Gasecki has shown how, how good he is, and that's going to be a high-volume passing offense because that team is still bad – and so uh, I'm full in. Gusecki's an every week starter. It's Gusecki season.
2: Yeah, I think it. I think it is Gusecki season officially. Um, yeah, one game, sure. But we did see kind of a, a borderline breakout last year. He had 51 catches for 570 and five touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, that's a really nice place to build off of. We'll, we'll likely see him get into that seven, maybe eight hundred yard season this year, unless he continues to just blow up. We have known he's a he's a, a a super athlete, obviously coming from Penn state. Uh, most of those guys are, but he brings a lot of, uh, a lot of the pass catching abilities with him too. He's not just a big time athlete like most tight ends are. And then they just kind of occasionally get the football and, and hopefully they hang on to it. But he, he definitely is a guy that can go up and get it. He can run the routes. He can make the plays and he can kind of blow the doors off of a defense. It's just kind of crazy to think about someone that size being able to do that. Uh, and to just a quick note on your Preston Williams take. I think four of his 12 targets have been catchable, which is normally a good start considering he has three catches. Uh, I think the really crazy thing in this offense, aside from the Gaseki breakout, which I'm not really shocked by, is Isaiah Ford being second in the team in targets with 14. <laughs> what are they doing?
1: Shout out to Bert's laugh. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no
2: kidding. No kidding. And then obviously Miles, you know, like everyone thought, Miles Gaskin up there. Uh, again, another Penn state product. So this is the all Penn state offense with, uh, just only pure athletes. And, uh, it's, it's going to get weird and it's going to be fun when they finally add to a tag of Ioloa to the mix and get, uh, Ooh, I almost just swore and that, you know, we do have the tag, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to refrain, get Fitzpatrick out of there. Uh, he is hashtag not good. And, uh, we need all the two we can handle.
1: Let's move on to another physical specimen in one Leonard Fournette. It looks like uh, Tom Brady said, Ronald Jones, you missed one handoff. I have banished you for life. I never want to see you ever again. I don't want you in my backfield. I have my friend Lenny Fournette, and he is going to be my my workhorse now. It, it was kind of like a narrative street thing that, that Brady wasn't going to put up with Ronald Jones' mediocre Uh, pass blocking slash mistakes in the backfield and it seems like it was a costly mistake in the backfield for one Ronald Jones Uh, now granted not like Leonard Fournette had a huge workhorse game he had 12 carries but he took those 12 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns along with four catches um, for 13 yards but (laughs) I, I, I I do think that this is still a split backfield but I think it's going to continue to move more towards Leonard Fournette especially if Ronald Jones is making uh, mistakes like he did with the fumble.
2: Yeah, that's that's something you definitely can't do with Tom Brady around. Hey, that'll that'll get you in the doghouse real quick. It seemed inevitable that this was going to become Fournette's backfield as soon as he as soon as he signed. Uh but I still have faith in Ronald Jones. I do still think he's a, a fairly dynamic player, but I mean this just screams like Early two thousands, Corey Dillon with the Patriots for Tom Brady. So uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't love that he's producing. However, I did just get a four net share for essentially free in a trade. Um, so I'm not going to complain about that. I still probably won't start him here for another week or two. But uh, I do, st- I do think we see him start to get that in that 15 touch range per game. Uh, obviously he had 16 this game, but I think it's consistent. It's going to be into that 15 to 20 game depends on game script. If they can get ahead and stay ahead, he'll probably get more carries, more touches down the stretch, or it'll go the other way and they'll give him to Ronald Jones. So I do still think both of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant, uh, but I think at this stage, I would guess Leonard Fournette is going to be the more viable option. He's going to produce more. He's definitely going to get the goal line work. And if like you said, if Ronald Jones continues to make even the slightest of mistakes, it's the Tom's going to kick him out of the game. Uh, I mean, he has that authority.
1: And one of the things that wasn't an expectation from people who thought Gronk wasn't dead was that this Tampa Bay offense in the red zone, it's clearly a running offense. They have zero interest in passing the ball in the red zone, especially within the the five yard line. And so if you were expecting any Gronk red zone touchdowns, which pretty much my prediction for Gronk on the year was like 200 receiving yards and like six, you know, touchdowns within the five yard line. And it doesn't look like that the Bucs have any interest in passing there. I think they're just going to be giving the ball to Jones and Fournette, you know, until some teams stop it, which for the most part, teams haven't been able, I mean, teams as in the Saints and Panthers haven't been stopping them at the goal line with their running game.
2: I mean, would you throw the ball when Brady's out there throwing knuckleballs? And you need—I <laughs> mean, a lot, some red zone throws are, are touch passes, but for the most part, you're trying to fit it into tight windows real quick, and that's just not a throw Brady has anymore. Yeah, I, I see them running it three times, and if they don't get it in, they're kicking a field goal, and, and in most cases, it's probably going to be good enough for them. I think I think they're a, a good enough team where they are going to be able to coast on the ground and not really have to rely on Brady to bring them back from games or to throw a lot. So I think is from a, from a dynasty perspective, I'm still probably not paying a a real premium to go get Leonard Fournette. I'm definitely not buying Ronald Jones right now because I think it's, it's kind of up in the air what's going to happen with him. But I think the pass catchers, it, it still might be a decent time to go try to buy virtually everyone except for rob gronkowski who is in fact hashtag dead chris godwin there's a very very small window open if anyone truly thinks he's going to be out for a sustained period of time or if he's
1: cleared concussion protocol on monday
2: so so if anyone's dumb in your leagues like me they may not know that you might be able to get them for just a little bit off top but again it's all about value we play in the value game and um you know it maybe sell Mike Evans after a big boy game. I don't, I don't know. People starting to start to freak out again, putting him in that top five where he doesn't belong. Daniel, no, your
1: friend, your friend, Kyle Shanahan is a liar. Oh boy. He, he talked to the media and lied to their faces. Uh, I'm sure an NFL coach has never done that before. Never. But when, the, when he was asked about Jordan Reed's possibilities this week with George Kittle out, he, they were like, "Are you, you going to use him more?" He's like, "Well, he got ten snaps last week, so he might get a couple more snaps." No, he had much more than twelve snaps, <laughs> Jordan Reed, and he capitalized on those snaps with seven catches, fifty yards, and two trips to the end zone. Actually, I have the numbers in front of me. This is a new thing on Pro Football Reference. They have the snap share. He was in on forty-six percent of the Forty snaps, so much more than twelve percent. I mean, twelve snaps total. Uh, Jordan Reed, I think he's legitimately an option, even when Kittle's back. He looked really good, um, obviously, in limited work. But I, I don't really see it from the wide receivers at this stage. They're all hurt. They're all, you know, basically, I'm not even saying they're not playing well, but all the wide receivers are hurt, and now Kittle's hurt. And so I, Jordan, Jordan Reed show with Nick Mullins at the home.
2: You want to hear an even crazier stat after you said he played 46 46- How many snaps?
1: 46%.
2: All right. Well, that that just ruins. I thought you said play 46 snaps, not 46% of the snaps. Anyways, uh, it's probably a high number because if you're only playing 46% of the snaps, but you have eight targets on 46% of the snaps, chances are when you're in the game, the quarterback's going to be looking for you. So, yeah, I think Jordan Reed is definitely going to continue to be a factor in this offense, especially if he can stay healthy which I don't even know how the dude's alive at this point. He's like 73 concussions. I I don't get it. We'll see when Devo Samuel gets back, uh, if anything changes there. Uh, We'll see if Brandon Ayuk becomes something. We don't know. Again, he's still kind of up in the air. He was one of those guys I was like 50-50 on that. I mean, he was either going to be great or just you know another player. Uh, Kendrick Bourne remains relevant. Kind of uh, hopped around a bit, but... He continues to be used in, in an offense, and it's kind of amazing. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think the offense continues to capitalize on, on whether it's George Kittle and Jordan Reed or Jordan Reed if Kittle's out for a period of time. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a really weird offense, and it's really weird to see just a whole pile of players that consistently can't stay healthy, yet here we are. Kyle Shanahan's out here making chicken salad.
1: Yes, he is. And we at RotoViz and Dan Seno and Tradecast and Company, we are making awesome stuff out of our friends over at Bet Online.
2: That's right. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, at betonline.ag. Again, that's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All righty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Uh, good luck in week three, everybody. Get those dubs. Oh, by the way, we been talking about Cam Newton. He's awesome. Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, both awesome. Awesome, awesome, and uh, Drew Brees is T O A S T,
2: toast. toast. Ooh, I'm kind of hungry now Yeah, he's uh, he's got a dead shoulder, I think It's kind of weird how that works How 47-year-old quarterbacks continue to just not be able to throw the football Who would have thought? That'll do it
1: for this week uh, Any last words, Dan?
2: Kadoosh
1: Kadoosh Go Balls.